doing in my life. I'd like to say hello to our Zoomers. So on the count of three, um, and we're going to say hello, Zoomers. So one, two, three. Hello, hello Zoomers. Hallelujah. Praise God. Welcome to you. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, I was praying um, and I was asking the Lord what, I, what he would have me share this morning. And uh, he dropped this phrase, hold on to your dreams. And uh, if you remember that the word that uh, Annette brought to it was very similar to in, in theme, at least, uh, to that message, hold on to your dreams, hold on, God's going to move and bless us. And so I want to just share, if you've got your Bibles, I'd like you to uh, invite, uh, open your Bibles to uh, Psalm 105 and verse 19. And uh, while you're looking there, I, I want to make some cursory remarks. Have you ever had a dream in your heart that you just can't let go of? It drives you. It's, it's the most fascinating thing and the most wonderful thing in your life, but it's also the most frustrating. And it's, you know, at times you kind of think, well, what's going to get, I'm just so fed up with this dream. It's just, it's taking so long to come to pass that uh, I think I'm going to put it aside. And so you think that's it. I've done it. I've done everything I can. I'm putting it aside. And the next day, it's like God has picked up that dream and put it back in your hands and you're feeling passionate about it. You think, I'll just give it one more try. I'll just give it one more time. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of a, a dream that you can't get away from because God keeps on bringing it back to, you, to your heart and your mind. You know, uh, this dream is the kind of dream that brings you the greatest joy, but also the biggest pain in your life. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, you stood in faith for so blooming long. You, you stood and you believed God and, and it still hasn't happened. And you think, that's it, I'm, I'm done with it. And the, the next morning, God has picked up the dream and put it back in your hands. And there you are praying for the same thing over and over again. And I believe that it's like, it's a bit like a moth drawn to the flame, you know. Uh, you just can't help yourself. You go keep on going back. And I believe the reason for that is because God has placed that dream in your life. And it doesn't matter how old we are. We never stop dreaming, do we? Uh, our dreams may change. When we're young, we might be out there dreaming about conquering the world. When we're old, we might be dreaming of, of good health and deliverance from bondage or to see our loved ones come to Christ and, and to know them uh, have salvation. But we never stop dreaming. Dreams are a constant part of our life. As long as we're drawing breath, we have dreams in our heart. And that's because God has placed dreams in our life and because it's a, a pointer to our destiny. Okay, uh, The power of the dream. How do you make the dream come to pass? I wish there was an easy answer to that. You know, I have lots of dreams, but how to make it come to pass? And that's what we're going to look at this morning. A uh, very uh, important passage of scripture, Psalm 105 and verse 19, and it's speaking about Joseph's life. We're going to look at it in a little bit more context as we go on, but I just want to make some cursory remarks because there's some interesting words uh, here uh, to do with the word word. You know that in, in Greek, uh, in, in the New Testament, the, there are two words for the word word, the word logos and the word rhema, and they mean slightly different things. Well, the same thing is true in, in, in Hebrew. There are two uh, Hebrew words for the word word, uh, and it gives us a very clear understanding. In fact, both of those words appear in Psalm 105 and verse 19. And it says, until the, the time that the word came, the word of the Lord tried him. And so this is speaking about J Joseph and the fulfillment 
of his dream. And they're saying, until the, the time of the word came, the word of the Lord tried him. As I say, they're two different Hebrew words for the word word. Uh, the first time it's used um, in Psalm 109, it's the word debar. And uh, so if I, I'll just read it in the Hebrew. Uh, and, until the time of that his word, debar, came, the word imra, I-M-R-A-W, uh, of the Lord tried him. So the word debar means a matter or a cause. And so it's, it's actually quite interesting. We, we don't get the full impact of what, this, what that verse is saying until we understand the deeper meanings of the, these two Hebrew words. And so the word debar means the, the matter or, or cause. And so uh, what it's saying is, uh, what is the matter or the cause? It was Joseph's dream. That's what it was. That's what it's all about. We would say, until the time that his dream came, the word of the Lord tried him. Two different words here. The word imra means speech or the thing uh, that the Lord said. Uh, so it tried him. You could translate it this way. Until the time that the dream came, the thing that God said tried him. Kind of interesting when you put it into the original language. The thing that the dream that God gives you is then tried uh, by the Lord. And uh, it, it's very interesting. Again, uh, th these are fascinating words, a fascinating verse, because the word tried here is sorrow. And sorrow actually means to evaluate, to, uh, to uh, uh, melt, to mold, or to refine. So you can say the dream that God gives you is going to refine you. It's going to melt you. And how many of us can identify with that? We're believing with, oh, God, it's going to take you. We've been melted, and it's going to refine us. And it's, it's, this term is often used uh, it, like um, in, in, in metalwork. So a, a goldsmith or a founder working in iron would work with, uh, would use this word. And what they would do is they would take the raw metal, either the, the gold or the iron, and they'd place it into a crucible and they would heat it until it was white hot and beyond, until the very substance in the crucible began to melt. And with that, with the melting um, of the, the substance, all the impurities in that metal, whether it be gold or silver, let's talk about gold but, um, uh, or, or silver, it doesn't really matter. But uh, the impurities rise to the top and then it, it skimmed off. They skim off the impurities. And so that's, that, that's part of the refining process. That's the, the, the trying um, of the metal. It's been tested. It's been refined. It's been molten. And so they would test it for purity. You know, you know how they test it for purity? They throw it back into the furnace and they see if any more scum, any more slag or any more impurities flow to the top. And if they do, they scoop them off and they throw it back into the furnace. And this process is repeated over and over again until the, the purities are no longer there and the face of the refiner can be seen in the gold. Then they know that there are no more impurities. Now... With, with the pure metal, the, the, the craftsman can now pour uh, and, and cast his mold. And so uh, the metal can only be cast at that time when there's no more uh, impurities in it. So you could translate it this way. Until the dream came, the thing that God said would mold, refine, and test him. You are being tested right now. I'm being tested over the dreams that I have, over the dreams that you have. We are being tested. God wants you to have them. 
Everything that God has promised in the word is ours. The promises of God are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. Can you say praise God? Amen. So God wants us to have all these things. We can dream them. But understand, they are going to be tested. Every single one of those promises will be tested, you know. Some people think, you know, when you've got a dream from God, you know, oh, that's fantastic. The days of struggle are over because it's God's dream, right? If God's going and it's just going to come to pass. It's wonderful. You know, it's, it's supernatural, easy street. Well, I'm sure you've been Christians long enough to know that that's not true. You know, just because God has given you a dream or a, a hope, a desire, doesn't mean to say you want supernatural, easy street. In fact, normally it means you're going to be tried and tested. Normally it means there's a battle going on and you're going to have to endure a little bit, you know. Uh, the people who think, oh, you're on easy street because God's giving you a dream, crash and burn very quickly. So let me say this. From the inception of the dream to its delivery, there's a battle going on. Think about what you're believing for, the, the salvation of your children, your grandchildren, your aunts, uncles, mothers, you know, the healing for health. There is a battle going on between what God has promised and, and what we're experiencing. Now, understand that God wants you to have everything that he has promised. But we are going to be tried and we're going to be tested. And the reason for that is very important, you know, because the, the truth is that when there are impurities in the steel, for example, the, the, the steel is weakened. It'll break at that point where the impurities are. So that's why they, they keep on refining it and again and again. So, from the inception of God's dream, what are you dreaming about this morning? I, I hope you can articulate it in your mind. But understand that there is going to be a battle. God wants you to win that battle. So, God is speaking to Joseph, and he gives him these amazing dreams. It's exciting times for Joseph. Do you remember his dreams? Everybody's coming and bowing down to him, and, you know, he's, he thinks, oh, I'm going to be a leader, and all that was true. But how many of you know between the, the fulfillment of that, between the promise and the fulfillment, it was a time of testing. And so they, they, every promise that God gives will be tested. But you know, the truth is we can have every single one of them if we don't quit. Amen? I'm preaching much better than that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's read that a little bit more of that Psalm 105. And I'm going to read from verse 17. Uh, it says, he set a man before them, even Joseph. I told you he was speaking about Joseph, who was sold as a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was, he was laid in iron until the time his debar, word, debar, came. Uh, the imra, the, the word tried, the word of the Lord tried him. The king said to him and loosed him, even the rulers of his people, and let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his substance, to bind his princes at his pleasure and to teach his senators wisdom. Hallelujah. So Joseph was given this place of power and authority, second only to Pharaoh. He was ruling Egypt. He had the, the power to imprison you if you resisted him. Uh, so he, he was a man of tremendous influence. But he, um, this was the fulfillment of the dreams that God uh, gave to him. So let me just ask you, was Joseph tested? Was he refined? Was he purified? Yes. And he did all. He passed the test. How did he survive? 
I believe one thing kept him going through all the tribulations. If you look at the things that he had to endure, you know, um, that he, he'd been betrayed by those closest to him, betrayed by his family. I mean, that, that must have been such a deep and grievous wound. Those that you love and those that you are closest to sell you into slavery. I mean, the, 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 the amount of pain, emotional pain and trauma to know that those that you, you would die to protect don't feel the same way about you. They just want to get rid of you and put you, you know, cast you off. And then, you know, not only is he sold as a slave, and now he's now to do everybody else's bidding, and it, it's going really, really badly, you know. Uh, he's, he's now a slave, a servant, uh, and he's lost his freedom. He's unjustly accused by Potiphar's wife. You know the story. And, uh, you know, the, she was the original desperate housewife. And uh, that's, uh, she falsely accused Joseph. And uh, then he, uh, he's thrown into prison. And he's in prison for 13 years. Man, how does Joseph keep going in the midst of disaster? To, if you look at his life, it's gone from disaster to calamity to, to you know, it just gets worse and worse and worse. How does he go on for year after year after year? How does he prevail and not just give up? He held on to the word that God had given. He held on to his dreams. And I think sometimes the only thing that keeps us going in the midst of very trying and very difficult times is the hope that God is going to break through and deliver us. Holding on to your dream, holding on to the vision of what you believe in God for is the only thing that is, is going to get you through those difficult times. You see, sometimes the church gets uh, hooked up on good ideas. You know, I think we, we, we need some good ideas. How many times did the church run after good ideas? But it's not about good ideas. It's about discerning the Father's heart, isn't it? It's about being uh, led of the Spirit. It's about hearing what God's dream is for you. Not just, hey, this would be a good idea. No, it's about hearing what the Lord has to say for you in any given circumstance. Hear the dream of the Lord. You see, don't seek God. Don't see, I mean, don't seek good ideas. Seek God. Get, get God's word for the subject. And then, you know, it's better than anything you could ever dream or imagine. Our God's an amazing God, isn't he? Yes. He's absolutely incredible. You see, getting the word of the Lord is, is the foundation of every dream. See, John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. That tells me that anything God is going to do starts with the word. In the beginning was the word. That's the foundation for any dream, for any promise, for anything that you're hoping for. You can't just imagine anything. You find the promise that God has, and you hold on to that promise. You hold on to it, and you believe God for it. You see, it tells me everything God is going to do begins with his word. His word is the foundation of everything. Joseph didn't wake up one morning and think, oh, I think today I'm, I'll, be Egypt, I'll be the ruler of Egypt. I think that would be a good dream. He didn't do that. You know, he, he was following the dream that God had put in his. Ultimately, he didn't know, but that's what it led to. Because God's dreams are amazing. And if we'd only put ourselves aside, we have an agenda. We think, oh, I'd like to do this. I, I, I would love God to do that for me. I want to tell you, God's plans are infinitely greater than anything you can imagine for yourself. If only we'd take the time to stop, lay our agenda aside and say, Lord, what is the dream that you have for me? 
And we get that word, and that's the foundation of everything that we have. You see, everything is, is founded or predicated on the word. You know, remember what, what God told Jeremiah, the prophet, in, in chapter 1 and verse 12? He said, Thou hast seen well, I will hasten my word to perform it. We often get frustrated because we're wanting God to fulfill our words, my words. The thing that I'm wanting, you know, if it's not founded in the scriptures, God has no obligation to fulfill that. But if it's found in the word, every promise is available to us, whether it be healing, deliverance, prosperity, every good thing that God has uh, is, is given to us. And this is how we're going we, we're gonna to hold on to it. You see, God will fulfill his word. It's the, the most sure and trustworthy thing that uh, you can do. You know, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, shall he not do it? Hath he spoken, shall he not make it? Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. The word is a more sure foundation than the earth we stand on. We can trust the word of God. It's immutable. It's an error. It's without error. It's without flaw. We can trust the word of God. You can trust the promises of the Lord in your life. It is the most sure word of promise. Holding on to the, the word is the only way your dream will come to pass. In other words, what I'm saying to you, if, you, if you're looking to see your family reconciled, find the scriptures that actually speak about that. You know, Malachi uh, 4, 4, 6 talks about God turning the hearts of the children to their fathers. And that's what I'm praying regularly, every single night. We pray that over our family because my son is estranged, as you know. And so we pray, but we're not praying our word because God is watching over his word, waiting to perform it. So we say, we lift up you know, that word and we say, God, you said in your word that you will turn the hearts of the children back to their fathers. Mm -hmm. So there's a promise in the word of God for every circumstance in which you find yourself in. And it just takes the time uh, to, to seek out, get a good concordance, spend time, search out the, the word that's going to cover your promise. Then you have a word from the Lord, and God will fulfill his word. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. You see, it's really important. Every dream will be tested. Every promise, from the simplest promise to the grandest dream, it's going to be tested. You know, you start believing God for prosperity. I remember when, when I first started believing God for prosperity, and I'm sure you, this has happened to you, we had more bills than we knew what to do with. Suddenly there was influx of bills. Why? The promise was being tested. We were being tried. And I'm like, oh, God, this is, I'm believing for prosperity, and I'm deeper in debt than I've ever been before. Why? The promise has been tested. And so, you know, whether it's healing, you start to believe God for healing, and what's coming? A backache, a headache, a, your stomachache, your, your sickness is coming. Why? Because the word, the promise is going to be tested. What's our job? We've got to hold on to the dream, hold on to the word, and proclaim the word in every circumstance, in every negative uh, situation. We proclaim the word. The dream has been tested. You know, Jesus had a dream that stemmed from before the creation of the world. That dream was to redeem mankind after the fall. God wasn't taken by surprise at Adam and Eve's departure from the way of truth. And he had a plan. 
to redeem mankind completely and fully. I believe that the redemption that Jesus came to bring us was every bit as good, if not better, than, than what Adam and Eve had in the garden of Eden. Because our God is a good God. Can you say amen? Amen. I love it. And so God has this, this vision to redeem mankind. And you see, when he begins his ministry, what's the first thing that happens to him? Remember Matthew 4.1, Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. What did Jesus come to do? He come to redeem mankind. He come to fulfill his dream. And the first thing that happens is he meets the opposition of the devil. You see, that word tempted in, in, the, in the Greek is peridza. And it means to try and to refine and literally means to test, to examine or to scrutinize. And so you say, the devil scrutinized and tested Jesus? Yes, he did. How can that be? This is the son of God. Jesus humbled himself and became a man. He laid aside all his, uh, his heavenly rights and authorities. He walked on earth as a man. Everything Jesus did, he did as a man filled with the Holy Spirit. If you look at your life and you look at Jesus, that is the, the living embodiment of what our life should reflect. Every promise that God has is there. So, so the devil came and, and tested Jesus because he humbled himself. He became subject to everything that you and I are. So Jesus walked in exactly the same position that we walked, and yet he was gloriously victorious. And that's the great hope. That's the pattern. When we work by the word of the Lord, we too will be gloriously victorious. We too will see the answers to every promise. The most important issue is to see just how Jesus overcame the test. And I'm sure most of the people here will know the answer. Remember when he was led into the desert and the devil tempted him? Jesus counted with just what? It is written. It is written. Every temptation that they take you up on our Jesus said, it is written. Turn these stones into bread. It is written. Every test. That the, that the devil came, Jesus answered with the word of God. And so that is our pattern. If you want to see your dream fulfilled, if you want to see everything that you're believing for, you're going to have to go exactly the same route and you will be victorious. Can I have an amen? Amen. You see, when the pressure is on, you've been, the heat has been turned up, you're in the cauldron, you know, uh, you're distracted, you're confused, you're tired, there's pain, uh, and it seems like an eternity has passed. When is ever again, this is ever going to be over? What's our job? To keep speaking the word. Because it's the word that tests. We are being tested over the promises of God. We've been tested over the dreams that God has put into uh, our heart. Speak the word in the face of difficulty and adversity. Wow. That's the last time I want to speak the word. <laughs> I, I don't mind here in church. We're all singing. We're happy. You know, it's easy to preach the word. But when I'm alone at home and things are going wrong and, and it's like my world is collapsing around about me, I think, oh, God, help. Now, he says, I've given you power and authority. You speak the word. Because I'm watching over my word, waiting to perform. So in the midst of adversity, the adversity is the testing or the trying of our dream. And if we are faithful to keep proclaiming the word in adversity, in difficult circumstances, when, when all hell's breaking in against us, and we keep on proclaiming the word of God, we will walk in victory. Amen. Is what I'm saying to you easy? No. 
Is it simple? Yes. It's not easy. Though. It might be simple, but it's not easy. But if we will be faithful, if we will do our part and in, in trials and tribulations, if we are faithful and proclaim the word of the Lord, God is watching over his word, waiting to perform it, and he will make sure that we walk in victory just the same way. So regardless of what you see or feel, the test is just keep confessing the word. When I'm down and I'm depressed and I think nothing's going to keep confessing the word. You know, that's an amazing thing. And I found this from personal experience. I'm sure many of you have as well. You've gone through a time of testing and it's, you, you've really been knocked about. You, you, you feel like, oh, I don't know how I can carry on. It, it's really difficult. And you start confessing the word with great enthusiasm. Oh, Lord, I know you're going to bless me. Oh, Lord, I know that all the promises are yea and amen. And an amazing thing starts to transpire. If you keep on proclaiming the word of the Lord, and this is what's happened to me. I thank you that, Lord, I'm more than a conqueror. I thank you, Lord, you've made me a victor. And suddenly my whole mentality and my whole attitude to life changes. And suddenly the spirit of faith comes in because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As you begin to speak out the word, you, you lift it from your depression. You lift it from, from that, the time of testing in the crucible. And it's like deliverance. God has set me free and I'm proclaiming the word of God and my whole mood is turned around and I feel that I can walk in victory. So the test is to keep on proclaiming the word in the midst of difficult, adverse times. Don't go by what you see or what you feel. You know, ever found, <laughs> you're going over the same old problems over and over again, going around that same mountain, here it comes again. And you think, God, what on earth is happening? You know what's going on? God is refining you. God is testing you. You're going round and round the mountain over and over again because God is testing and God is refining. You see, all that God wants to remove all the impurities. When the heat is on, when the pressure is on, listen to the impurities that come out of your mouth. Oh, this is never going to work. Impurity. Oh, God, I want to give up. Impurity. So that's how you know that the, the impurities and the pressure brings what's inside out. It's like a toothpaste tube. You squeeze it, you put it under pressure, and what's on the inside comes out. You know, we as Christians often say, yeah, I, yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a great Christian and I can do all things through Christ. Like Peter, man. God, I'll never, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And then he denies the same night. He ends up denying him three times. You see, sometimes we don't really realize what's on the inside of us. And God puts the dream, the, 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 the word to test. And in those adverse circumstances, can you keep proclaiming the word in the face of very discouraging, disappointing uh, circumstances? If you can guard what's coming out your mouth, those impurities, you'll see that you're being refined. God is refining you and I. He understands that the impurities weaken the steel. And it's the impurities in our life that weaken us. The devil attacks us at our weakest point. And so we have this dream. Oh, God, you're going to save my children. Uh, God, you're going to heal my body. 
And you know, then we go through this time where it's really difficult, really painful, it seems to go on forever. And the things that are coming out of our mouth are the impurities, the doubt and the unbelief comes out of our mouth. And God is refining us. And so he takes us around the mountain over and over again. He takes us around the mountain so that he can refine us and purify us because he knows the impurities are what make us weak. So God is purifying us, making us strong so that we can overcome in the time of testing. Because the truth is God has a vision for your life. He wants to make you a warrior in the spirit. He wants to make you an overcomer. That's the purpose that God has called us into the kingdom so that we can proclaim the kingdom of God here on earth. Amen. Yep. Amen. Amen. I thought I was preaching heresy this for a second. So that's God's plan. You know, that's why he arms us. Hebrews 4.12 uh, 4, says the word of God is, sh uh, uh, is sharper than a two-edged sword. The word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. And so it, it's, it's about being armed. So that when we are attacked, when our dream is threatened and the enemy is putting us under pressure and testing us, we have something to fight back with. We have this two-edged sword, the word of God, and we can resist everything that the devil has by speaking out the word of God. And so like Jesus, we overcome. And that's why we are on. God wants us to overcome. We have been prepared for the test. The devil is the one who tests us. With adverse circumstances, we come to him uh, with the word of God. And the good news is, just like Jesus and just like Joseph, we will surely overcome Amen. if we watch the impurities that are coming out of our mouth. You see, the devil has no match for the Christian with the word of God in his mouth. Because the word of God in our mouth is just as powerful as the word of God in God's mouth. Because it's still the word of God. It's still God's word. And so when we speak it, we are unleashing the power and the glory and the anointing of God when we proclaim the word of God in adverse circumstances while we are being tested. We fight back. We are armed with the word of God. See, we're born again to overcome the devil. In, in the natural, we, we are no match for the devil, are we? You know, he, he, he's... Uh, he was, you know, an archangel in heaven. You know, we know one angel slew 185,000 people in one night. So in the natural, we are no match for any angel, let alone an archangel, a fallen archangel. But in Christ, in Christ, we have been elevated even above the archangel uh, that has fallen, the devil. We are anointed and we are empowered to proclaim the word of the Lord to bring God's promises to pass. The dream to be fulfilled. Hallelujah. That's why it says in Ephesians 6, 6, 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We are empowered. We are given battle armor to stand against the team so that every promise that you are holding out Every single solitary promise is yes and amen in God. And if you will stand your God and proclaim it in the most dire and difficult and dark times of your life, you will walk in victory because the devil has no answer for the word of God. Can you say amen? amen. The truth is we are warriors being trained for a battle. So we need to rise up. There's no situation. Now listen, no situation or circumstance that can defeat you when you're walking in the spirit. No circumstance, 
no situation. You know, I I I, I love um, yeah. Uh, I can't think of his name. I had it when I was about to say this. The guy that we listen to, um, your friend, my friend. Oh come on. <laughs> Jeremiah. Not David Jeremiah, he's one of them, but who else? Andrew Womack, yeah, thank you. You know, he, he's the guy I was thinking about. His son was dead. You don't get a, any more dire situation than your son. His son was dead for four hours. That stripped him naked and put him in the morgue. And he walked in there and, and, and you know, he, he was proclaiming the word of God. He was tempted to, to, to grieve, and all of a sudden, he said, no, there's death and life and the power of the tongue. I'm going to speak life. And he proclaimed life. He proclaimed the promise in, in the crucible, in the fiery furnace, where his son's lying dead in the morgue, and he's proclaiming the word of God, faithfully, continually proclaiming the word of God. He walks in, and, and uh, son being dead for four hours, stripped him naked in the morgue, as I said, and God raised him from the dead. He sat up and walked and lives today. That is the power of what I'm trying to share with you. You see, there is no circumstance, no situation where the devil can overcome us because we are warriors. We are more than conquerors in Christ. When we stand upon the word in trying, difficult, dark times, we are just being tested. God is wanting to remove the impurities. And when we can, when all that comes out of our mouth is, is faithful words, our victory is just around the corner. Can you say amen? there's no battle you can't win there's no enemy that can prevail against you understand that the word of god in our mouth is as powerful as the word of god in his mouth you know what happens when we start to, to speak the word of god the devil and the demons tremble they run because they have no answer for god's immaculate powerful word when we start to quote the word of God consistently, and when it's mixed with faith, watch out, devil, your kingdom is about to be destroyed. The havoc that you visited on humanity is coming back to you. Good measure, press down, shake it together, and running home. <laughs> you know, you watch the devil's stronghold collapse. The gates of hell will not prevail against us. We will be more than conquerors. So you are destined from the beginning to bring forth God's dream. Whatever that is, healing of your body, provision, God's supernatural provision, uh, whether it's, you know, the salvation of your children or your offspring, whatever your dream is, you can have it. God wants you to have it. Don't give up. Don't despair. Don't believe the devil's lies in the, in the pit when it's dark, when you're in the crucible and the fire is burning. That's the time to speak the word of God. Let only the word of God come out of your, your mouth. God help me to practice what I'm preaching. Amen. Okay. Now, you know, I'm, I'm in this fight just as much as you are. You know, I'm not standing as one as I've got it all together. I have the same struggles and battles that you do. But we, we've got to make sure we don't give up. We don't despair. You know, don't believe the devil's lies. You can withstand any and all tests in Jesus' name. You can pass through the fiery trial and not smell a smoke. Hallelujah. That's the promise. You know, it doesn't matter what's happening to you. God's going to lead you out in victory. Hold on to the promise and you will see God's provision. You're a mighty warrior called to battle. To declare the kingdom of God. To bring about God's dreams. Let the word of God be a polished sword in your mouth. You know, Paul writes an incredibly important truth to the Colossal Church. And it's... It's a, a, a truth I want to share with you this morning. It's Colossians 3.16. It says, let the word of God 
but dwell in your mouth richly, in your heart richly. Let it be an abundance of the word of God. You know, I'll tell you the truth. I served the Lord for about 16 years before Fee and I decided to go to, to seminary. And I had a lot of growing to, up to do when I got to seminary. I knew God had called me to, to preach. And I knew that he'd called me into the ministry. Um, and, uh, you know, when I first got to seminary, uh, they would get up and announce, you know, turn to the, the book of Romans. And I'd say to Fee, is that Old Testament or New Testament? My first, first few months in seminary, I knew nothing. You know, and I, I suddenly realized for 16 years I'd sat in the church and there was a poverty of the word of God in me. I knew no scriptures. I could I maybe John 3:16, maybe I've been hard on myself. You know, I knew John 3:16. But that's probably about the only word that I knew. But the, the this admonition to Paul to the God to let the word of God dwell in you richly. You know, by the time I left uh, seminary. I, I, I could talk about Revelation. I could talk about uh, just about any doctrine you like. I knew where the books of the Bible were. Yay, that's important. <laughs> and and I, had, I had amassed thousands. And, and today I, I have a, a, a thing of scriptures, probably about that thick, a full-page typed-out scriptures that I've committed to memory. And so, you know, it, it's let the word of God dwell in you richly. Find the promise that meets your need and then stay on that. Let that be the only thing that comes out of your mouth. In, in that time of difficulty and adversity and the dark times, let this rich abundance, this uh, wealth of the word come welling up. That's how you are fully armed. I, I want to close this morning with a story uh, that is uh, really true and, and, and really illustrates what I'm uh, trying to share. There was a man in America when we got there uh, called Bob Tilton. You may have heard of him. And uh, he, he messed up uh, later on in his life. But I, I want to talk about his early life. And I think the things that he said um, were really important. You know, sometimes we can preach it from the pulpit and not live it at home. And I think that that's one of the things that happened uh, to, to uh, Bob Tilton. But what he said was amazing. And in the beginning of his ministry, you know, he was living in a uh, beaten down, broken up truck. It was like a truck that he was staying in and he, he knew God had called him uh, to preach, but he'd been a, a handyman. And, um, but God put this dream in his uh, spirit that he was to preach the word of God. And he would basically drive from church to church and go and preach. And he, it would take just about every cent he had to get to the next venue uh, to preach the gospel. And for quite some time, it seemed like nothing was happening, but he kept on saying, Lord, you've called me. I believe that I'm to preach the word of God. I believe all things are possible. And he kept on proclaiming the promises of God. And, you know, slowly but surely that things began to turn around and people were getting saved. And people were getting healed and delivered, filled with the Holy Spirit. And suddenly he was preaching uh, to, to hundreds of people. And in a very short space of time, it was thousands of people. Then he got a, a, a church in Dallas and it became 10,000 people. Then before long, he was preaching to the nation of America. He was preaching to the 330 million homes, the word of God, because he was proclaiming the truth of the word of God. And God was raising him up 
and, and, and pouring out his blessing. Now his ministry has gone worldwide. Unfortunately, kind of taking a dive because he fell. He is human and fallible like the rest of us. That's why we must never stand in judgment or put men on a pedestal. Amen. There's only one man that deserves to be on a pedestal, and that's Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. He's the only one that never fell. He's the only one that's without imperfection. And so, you know, it was amazing. Tens of thousands of people, in fact, millions of people, uh, began to hear the word of the Lord. From a guy that was a handyman to be known worldwide because he proclaimed the truth. And if we will begin to proclaim the truth, I'm not saying that God's going to make us a worldwide name, uh, but I'm telling you, God will honor his word. Your dream will come to pass. The things that you believe in God will, don't get discouraged. God is going to do that. Hallelujah. I would like us just to take a few moments of prayer this morning as we consider our dreams, as we consider uh, the things that um, we look into God for and believing for. And maybe we've been discouraged. Maybe we've even thrown the dream aside. This morning, God has resurrected that dream and uh, caused hope to spring up in your, in your heart. So uh, I'm just going to ask you, as we bow before the Lord, I just want you to take a few moments to dwell in God's presence and ask God to reignite the dream that he has given, his dream. Lord, I want to pray for my brothers and sisters this morning. I want to pray for those that are online and listening to us, um, Lord, via Zoom. Uh, Lord, I ask that you would just gather up your people in your arms, that you would pour out your blessing upon them, that you would give them new hope, new strength, uh, Lord, a, a fresh determination to make sure that the only thing that comes out of their mouth in the time of testing is the word of God. Help us, Lord. We are all frail. We are all weak. And we need to be able to practice these things. And we do to, to a greater or lesser extent. But I'm praying, Lord, that you would take us to a brand new place in God. Lord, where your dreams are the only things that are inspiring us and, and carrying us forward. Uh, Lord, whether it's dreams for the unity of the family or for healing or Lord, provision or whatever the dream is, Lord, I pray that we would find the promise and begin to proclaim it in the midst of our dark and desperate situations, that we would not lose hope, that we would not give up, and that like Joseph and like Jesus, that we would prevail because we answer every opposition with the word of God. Let the word of God dwell in us richly. Help us, Lord, to, to increase Lord, the amount of scriptures that we know, to commit them to memory, to hide them in our heart, 
help that to be a passion for your people because, Lord, it's the key to every victory. Lord, it's the foundation. It's the beginning of everything that you do is standing upon the word. And so, Lord, help us to be rich, like Paul says uh, in, in, in the word, Lord. Let the word be uh, in our hearts. Help us to memorize it and renew it. Lord, let's commit ourselves to um, being faithful and diligent to, to being people of the word so that we can walk in your victory. Lord, we thank you that you are faithful. We thank you that, Lord, you want us to have every blessing that there is in Christ. There's no good thing that you will withhold to them that walk uprightly. Lord, I thank you that as we speak the word of God, we're going to see the fulfillment of our dreams in the days that come. Lord, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.